and welcome to episode 10 of My Awaken Life podcast. I'm Johanna Ferrimond, and in this episode, I'm talking about how to deflect destructive criticism. This is the criticism that you get, knowing that it's in their best interest to provide it, not really intended for your benefit at all. Obviously, you don't want to take the criticism personally when it's all about them. But how do you do this? Remember that these criticisms are another person's opinion or judgment, and most of the time, they choose to criticize you in a destructive way because you've triggered something that is bothering them. This is similar to self-criticism. However, in this case, the self is external. It's not an internal thought this time. It's you. That's right. Something you've said or done has triggered an emotional response, and they are letting it out in an attack meant to make them feel better. It may not even be about the object of their criticism at all, but it's still something about you that's triggered this. First, let's look at 10 different scenarios and reasons for the basis of destructive criticism. And then I'll give you several sample responses. Number one, you took a chance or a risk and that ultimately scares them. For instance, it triggers their jealousy, inferiority, or a lack of courage or integrity. And it doesn't matter whether it's a new job, house, relationship, a new business venture. It could be anything. They're reacting to their own personal viewpoint and projecting it onto you. They may not even be aware of this. For example, you decide to change professions later in life. That's something the other person reacts to. The thought of that threatens their own security. So they pick something else related to your new career and make the criticism about that. Why? Because they don't feel good about it. So a negative thought comes in. This is what our left brain does when we feel an emotion. It delivers up something related to that feeling. We all tend to put ourselves in other people's situations at times to determine whether we could or would want to do the same thing. However, this is different than openly criticizing another person's decision. It's their business after all, not ours. Number two, they see your behavior or choice as a loss to them. Maybe they're feeling competitive towards you and your gain, whatever that may be, could cost them something. Whether it's a promotion or a raise in a workplace setting or even a sibling who doesn't want you to be a financial drain on their parents so they criticize your choice of college. In these instances, it's important to discern if the criticism is valid or not by looking at their motives. Number three, you've got something they want and they don't feel like they can get it, so that bothers them. It could be your solid marriage, your family, that you're well-respected, your education, that you seem genuinely happy with less stuff, or even material things if they're materialistic. So they need to build themselves up by knocking you down a notch. Number four, they criticize you to keep you controlled. That you are independent and have free will bothers them, and they need to make sure that you're under their thumb so that they can easily control you. 
This often happens with people close to you, whether they're family or close friends. I've had the unfortunate experience of having a narcissistic parent, and I was criticized a lot. It was only much later that I realized these were all coming from negative reflections of how my mother thought of herself. When I was a child, I was asked, how can you be so stupid, no matter how well I did in school? Then it was just factored into the question, how can you be so stupid when you get good grades in school? The point is that no matter what I did, my mother still felt stupid for some reason and projected her disgust with herself onto me. Think of that the next time someone criticizes you, especially someone close to you. Number five, there are also people who see the world as a frightening place, and so everything is seen through a negative lens to make them feel safer. They constantly play devil's advocate, criticize you, and tell you things won't work out. But they would say this to anyone, including themselves. Once again, it's just a projection onto you, and they may not even be aware of their own tendency to do this. Number six, they just don't like you, and they're using criticism to get to you in a passive-aggressive manner. They're looking for the reaction so they know they've been successful. In this case, don't give it to them. Move on if possible and try to surround yourself with people who genuinely support you. Number seven, you remind them of something they don't like about themselves. If someone isn't well-educated and has a low self-worth, your education reminds them of yet another thing that bothers them. Have a great job? They'll tell you they couldn't sit in an office all day. Have a well-organized, tidy house? And they'll say, it doesn't look lived in. They'll say anything to make things seem not as bad for them. Number eight, you're making them uncomfortable. They don't appreciate what you're saying. Maybe you're taking the limelight away from them and they need to be the center of attention. Or maybe you're talking about something they don't understand and they don't want others to know. If this is the case, criticizing you is just a way of hiding what they're actually bothered about and changing the subject. Number nine, they're using the criticism as validation for themselves. Maybe they want to buy a sailboat too, so they're criticizing the amount of money you spent. Or they want to retire early too, so they're criticizing your decision. It could be their way of wanting to justify doing whatever it is that you're already doing so that they can make the case to themselves, their family, or even their friends. Once again, it's for their own benefit, not yours. Number 10. They may be doing it so you'll give them an answer that validates their own ego. This can happen with parents who depend on your accomplishments so that they can feel good. I'll give you an example. One time, my mother told me about a coworker's daughter who was getting a degree after just three and a half years. Then she asked why it was taking me five years to graduate. I had to remind her that I was getting two degrees, not one, so of course that would take longer. She needed that reassurance to feel better about herself. 
keeping in mind all of the circumstances that I've went through. You can quickly reflect the criticism back at the person, filter it through their motives, and see it for what it is in many cases. Simply self-criticism directed outward instead of inward. If you've done this, and you see some bit of truth in what they've said after all, then thank them and use this information for your benefit and growth. None of us are perfect, and we all have difficulties seeing ourselves from the outside as others do. There's no one right answer for how to respond. It depends on the circumstances and how harsh and unfounded the criticism is, and also from whom it is, be it a friend, a colleague, family member, an acquaintance, or even a stranger. So let's begin with what you should never do in response to criticism. Don't get overly defensive, shift the blame, make excuses, or justify your actions. Remember to pause, take a couple of deep breaths, and sense your body to calm and center yourself. Focus on listening to understand the other person instead of listening to respond. This will help you to not have a knee-jerk reaction. If the criticism has already gotten to you emotionally, then don't believe any of the thoughts that come along with that emotion. Our left brain does this out of habit, so just watch the thoughts without further reaction or identification with them. If you choose to, you can briefly thank the person and ask for some time to think about the feedback. Then focus on something else until that initial reaction passes. Here are some responses that have worked for me and others I've known, again depending on the situation and the feedback given. They are in no particular order. Number one, thanks for your feedback. I'll consider that. Considering doesn't mean agreeing, but this is a way of disarming the other person. However, if there's anything that you can agree with in the feedback, do that first. This will make the other person feel heard. For instance, you can say, I agree, it is more of a risk than most would take. Or, I agree, it wasn't perfect. However, I really enjoyed it, and I know I'll get better. I'm enjoying the challenge, following my passion, excited about the future, learning more all of the time, finding ways to improve, you get the picture. Number three, thanks. I understand your concern. However, it's my decision. Number four, that's something to think about going forward. I appreciate the feedback. Number five, I appreciate your time and effort to share your thoughts. Number six, how would you have approached this or how would you have acted differently? Number seven, I have a different opinion, but I'm glad you told me what you think. Thank you. Number eight, I'm good. Thanks for your concern. Number nine, if it's necessary and you believe it would make them uncomfortable, you can ask them. Would you mind repeating that? Number 10, thank you. I know that that's the best that you can do. This is reserved for someone who tends to give you compliments with embedded criticism. Number 11, give them the benefit of the doubt 
and respond as if what they've said is true. No, I don't think that I'll end up all alone, jobless, homeless, friendless, unhappy, or whatever. Then just change the subject. Number 12. Glance at them for a moment as an acknowledgement, and then change the subject, because sometimes it's just not worth engaging. Number 13. I disagree, and then change the subject. Number 14. That's out of line, and I'm stopping this conversation now. Number 15. If you have a repeat offender, someone who's clearly trying to get to you in a passive-aggressive way, one thing you can try is direct public honesty. Tell them, that wasn't a nice thing to say, or be more blunt. That was a rude thing to say. I've done the latter with someone at work, and this will catch them off guard. The last thing they're expecting is for you to be direct. If you call them out on something that's against their self-image, like a lack of kindness, this can give them the dose of embarrassment that they need to stop directing their destructive behavior towards you. You are no longer an easy target. You can also appeal to their self-image by saying, I wouldn't expect you to say something like that. Or, you're better than that. Number 16. Say you're with a group of your peers, and one of them for some reason makes you a target repeatedly. Decide beforehand exactly what you're going to say. And after their next attack, relax because you know it was coming. In a genuine, caring tone, set a boundary for them and be specific about what they are going to lose. Say something like, John, I've always respected you, but if this continues, I'm going to stop spending time with you then you have to be willing to stand by your boundary. Remember that there are many different scenarios in which destructive criticism can come about. Some of it is said without any ill content at all, despite how rough it can feel. Most of it is said by people who aren't aware of the source of their own issues. You can learn a lot about others and yourself when you receive this kind of feedback. Watch for any strong reaction in yourself as those can be indicators of unconscious false beliefs you might be carrying. You can listen to my series on self-observation to learn more about how to watch your emotions and thoughts. And if you're getting destructive criticism often, take it as a sign that you're doing something right. You're affecting a lot of people in a way that at least reminds them that they have choices also. A choice to have courage to stand up for what they want and believe, as well as the choice to sit back and spend their energy safely criticizing those who are already being who they aren't. I'm Johanna Fairmond, and I hope this episode helps you on your awakened life journey. Take care, feel free to leave me some feedback, and join me next time on My Awakened Life Podcast. 